This podcast is presented to you by High Desert Word Center in Barstow, California. For more information, visit hdwc.org. God is good. He is good all the time. Amen. Amen. Well, we've got an exciting day today. Um, of course, uh, we have the, the regular service here, but also we're baptizing 15 or 16 people right after the service today. So I'm excited about that. And that means that the kingdom of God is growing and that good things are happening. And uh, also afterwards, the youth group's going to have a barbecue lunch. What a great, I mean, hey, you got to eat anyway. Why don't you just eat with the youth group and uh, and we'll send them to camp. The the the, uh, the money they raise, that'll send them to camp at Lake Arrowhead in a few weeks. So we're excited about that. Amen. Can we get a good amen this morning? Amen. All right. Well, this morning the title is this. Called Stay Woke. And you're like, if you're over the age of 30, well, I'm 32. So if you're over 32, you may be thinking, what are you talking about, dude? Well, I'm talking about you got to stay alert because we're going to look at several verses in the Bible today that use this phrase, stay alert. Now, depending on what translation you may be reading out of, it may say things like be prepared or the King James says be sober, vigilant. But I'm telling you what, no matter what wording it is you're looking at, the message for us today is you have got to be awake in 2018. You can't pretend like nothing's going on because something's going on. Amen. And there's too many people that they I mean, they just hide their head in the sand like an ostrich and and think that, hey, if I just hide myself, the problems will go away. Well, that's not how it works. We need men, we need women of God to stand up in 2018 and fight the good fight of faith, don't we? We need people that are willing to to get up and not get pushed around by the devil anymore, but they're willing to get up and do what you are called to do, and that is to be more than a conqueror through Christ Jesus. Amen? Amen. All right, so the title is Stay Woke, Stay Awake, Be Prepared, and Watch What God's Going to Do. Number one, how do we need to stay woke? How do we need to stay alert, be awake? Number one is this. We're talking about in battle. In battle. And you're probably thinking, well, I'm, I'm not in the army. I'm not. Well, you're in God's army if you're a Christian, and you better know that there's an enemy out there to get you, and you need to know that we are in a battle. I want you to open your Bibles to First Peter chapter 5, and we're going to look there for a minute. Amen? Now, if you need an outline for the message uh, to, to follow along with, raise your hand and the ushers will get you one. I haven't seen Robert run that fast since the, like this 2015 softball season. Wow. Don't let him fool you. He can move pretty pretty good for a guy in his upper 40s. All right. <laughs> I just missed. Oh, okay. That was a compliment. But we're talking about you need to be alert in battle. And I want to show you something here. First Peter chapter 5, verses 8 and 9. You do realize that there is an enemy, correct? You realize that or you think that just stuff happens in this world? First Peter chapter five, verse eight, it says, stay alert, stay woke, wake up, be prepared, watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Stand firm against him and be strong. Remember that your family of believers all over the world is going through the same kind of suffering that you are. And so it tells us to stand firm, to stay alert, watch out for the great enemy. Stay alert, be awake, be, be prepared for this thing. And, you know, what I found out is a lot of people, they don't know who the enemy is. Have you realized that? I mean, they think, one of my favorites is when you think that other people are your problem, right? You know, like, man, this guy, he's mean. If he would just quit the job, then everything would be fine. My life would be great. Well, no, because then the devil would just send in some other jerk to mess up your life. Or, man, if I could just get rid of this, if, if it was, if it wasn't this, listen to me. People are not the issue. Now, the devil uses people brilliantly sometimes, especially if it's somebody that's not submitted to God. Then, yeah, they're free game to just come in and and wreck all over your day. But listen, you as a Christian need to realize who your enemy is. And I was looking up a a, a survey that was taken. It said only 48 percent of people believe that there actually is a devil. 
Now, if you ask how many people believe there is a God, yes, there are atheists, but the percentage is a lot higher. A lot of people want to believe in God and say, well, I believe that there's something out there. But not a whole lot of people want to acknowledge the fact that there is actually a devil. He's real, too. He's real. And we are in combat with him. And I think that a lot of your problem or a lot of people's problems is this is they don't even know if they, if they, who the enemy is. They're like, well, I mean, I, this stuff keeps happening in my life, but I don't know where it's coming from or why it's coming from or, or what's going on. If you don't even acknowledge the existence of your enemy, you can't win the war. You gotta know that he's real. And so I, um, so it tells us to stay alert, just to, to be vigilant. And I'm thinking about combat and I need Austin, can you come here after you finish the drink? I need Austin to come here. <laughs> I didn't tell him I was calling him up here, but Austin uh, is a Marine. Well, I mean, I don't know how you were. So Austin has been trained in combat. He could kill any one of us a number of ways with his bare hands. Am I right? Very quickly. And I'm not saying he would enjoy it, but I'm just anyway. So Austin, he's 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 been through the training. This is the real thing right here. And so. It tells us to stay alert, to be vigilant. And I'm just, the only reason I'm calling up is because he's an expert on things of war. And so, Austin, in your professional opinion, are your chances of winning the battle increased if you're actually awake? Absolutely. Thank you. That's it. (laughs) This is factual. Okay, this is factual, yes. Stay awake. Okay. And your chances of winning are increased. That's it. Thank you. That's it. Thank you. All right. That I know. No, that's a heavy revelation for some of you. Let let that sink in. Just if you got to sing Kumbaya, do it. But what I'm saying is, just let let that sink in. I mean, imagine how many Christians are out there. the The battle is on because the devil. Is not taking a break he's not on summer vacation this is the perfect time summer starts this week for most people and you know a lot of people are like well that's good i'll just take a i mean we're on we're on break so i'll take a break from church take a break from god go ahead but just keep in mind the devil isn't going on vacation he's going to be hot on your trail every second of it so if i were you i would still stay connected to god i would not take a god vacation because the devil's not taking a you vacation Okay, but in our we we talked to an expert here, a professional uh, that 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 has been through the training, and according to him, your chances of not only surviving but actually winning the battle are dramatically increased if you are awake. Now, again, that may, that may sound silly, and we're laughing, but how come it is so many Christians will sit here this morning and say, "Amen, there's an enemy." Yes, brother, there we're in the battle. We are fighting the good fight of faith. But you never read your Bible. You know, you you don't even pray. You don't even you you don't know how to fight spiritual combat for two seconds. You're asleep. You are in a war zone and you're sleeping through it. And you are wondering why you're not winning. You're blaming God. Well, where were you? You were asleep. He was probably telling you what to do to win the victory, but you were sawing logs, sleeping, spiritually speaking. And then you want to get mad at God and say, "Where were you?" He was right there doing his. But you were passed out sleeping in the middle of a war zone. Amen. All right. That's enthusiastic. We'll take that. Very good. We're going to get somewhere. All right. So it says to stay alert. Watch out for your great enemy, the devil. He prowls around like a roaring lion. He is not a roaring lion. He just tries to look like one. He's prowling around like a roaring lion looking for somebody to devour. So check it out. He prowls around like a roaring lion. And a lot of times, you know, we talk about something like this and like, man, I'm afraid of the devil. I'm not afraid of the devil. I'm afraid of Satan. Are you kidding me? I've got Jesus Christ on the inside of me and he told me to use his name. He said in Luke 10, he said, I've given you authority over all the works of the devil. And so why are some people like, well, don't say that word. Don't say devil. You may, you know, I'm afraid of that stuff. Don't be afraid of that stuff, man. You've got. Authority over all the works of the enemy. You just got to wake up and start acting like it. Too many are sleeping through this whole thing. And so Satan is not as powerful as he thinks that he is. He's defeated. 
Jesus came and defeated him. And not only that, he has a very short period of time, the scripture tells us, before Jesus comes back. And he's going to have a couple years of tribulation. But I'm telling you, he's going to be locked up forever and ever and ever at some point. And he knows that his time is short. Flip over to Ephesians chapter 6 for me. Ephesians 6. I think some of you need to wake up, uh, stay woke right now. Wow. What a fitting, what a fitting title for this day. You're thinking about the, uh, the barbecue lunch. You're thinking about where you're going to swim at tomorrow. No, listen, you need to stay awake. Ephesians 6, verse 11, because I'm telling you the truth. I'm tired of seeing Christians lose battles. I'm tired of seeing Christians get defeated by things that they should easily defeat. Some of this stuff, I'm like, this makes absolutely no sense. You, you should have destroyed that situation through the power of Jesus. But we got people just getting pushed around and thrown down. And it, just, it, it makes no sense. Well, why is it? Well, a lot of times it's because they're sleeping through the battle. They don't have a chance to win if they aren't even going to wake up and use what God's given them. Ephesians 6, verse 11 in the New King James, it says, Put on the whole armor of God that you may be able to stand against the wiles of the devil. Put on the whole... Why would you... Who who needs armor? We all need it. And, 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 and naturally speaking, what type of person or profession uses armor? We're talking about soldiers. Somebody that is in combat. I don't walk around preaching in like armor because that would make no sense. I That doesn't go with what I'm doing. But if I'm a soldier, if I'm a Marine, if I'm out there fighting, War, I better have some armor on. And it says to put on the whole armor of God. Because a lot of people are like, well, I'll, I'll put on the helmet of salvation. I'm saved. Here I am. And, and there's a whole lot more that goes to this. You need the shield of faith. You need the sword of the spirit. You need the belt of truth. You need all these things that Ephesians 6 talks about. And it says, listen, you need to put on the whole, put on the entire package, put on all the armor of God so you can stand against the wiles of the devil. Well, what does wiles mean? What is that? I mean, it's 2018. I don't go around saying wiles like he's a wily guy, but that's what it is. A wild mean that's a tricks. Remember Wiley Coyote from the, the Looney Tunes? He was called Wiley because he, he was he was always full of tricks because he could not within his own ability catch up to the roadrunner and just overpower him. So he had to use wiles. He had to use tricks. And of course, they always backfired. He blow himself up or whatever. But uh, spiritually speaking, the devil is wily. He's going to use tricks because he does not just straight up have the power to run up and overtake a child of God. He's going to go the back door. He's going to try to, to use the back way. He's going to try to come in and trick you and trip you up with something that you thought you'd already got way past, thought you were already over. He tries to come in and use tricks and strategies and little things to come in and defeat you because he can't just come in and straight plow you over and mow you down because you're, you're, you got the power of God on the inside of you. But if you'll give him the room, he'll use one little trick at a time. He'll just use one little nick in the armor, one little, one little thing at a time. And eventually before you know it, you are in a heap of trouble because you weren't fighting the good fight of faith. You were not staying alert. As the scripture told us in first Peter, you were not ready for combat. And so any enemy that has to try to use tricks and deceit to overtake you, it's because they don't straight up have the power to mow you down. I'm telling you right now, be alert, be awake. Now, let me tell you something else. You know, we look at God and Satan like, you know, here's here's the good. Here's the evil, of course. But a lot of people they think that Satan is basically just God's evil equivalent. You know what I'm saying? Like, God's right here with all of his power and goodness, and here's Satan right up here with all his... Listen, Satan is not just God's evil equivalent, okay? He's a defeated enemy. God is so many billions and trillions and zillions more times powerful than anything Satan has. A lot of us are like, God's great, but Satan's really bad, and, and they're both up here. It just depends on which side you go. No! God is a billion miles higher than anything that Satan could even begin to dream of. So quit looking at him as being God's equal just on the on the evil side. That's not how it is. We are fighting a battle. No doubt about that. 
but it is a completely winnable battle. There is absolutely no reason why you should lose the battle that you're facing right now. No reason at all. And I'm telling you, you're not going to win it if you don't wake up and realize this is real. Buddy, ever have that aha moment where you wake up one day and realize, wait a minute, I'm an adult now. I've like got to pay these bills. My parents aren't going to do this. I, uh, if I don't feed myself, I'm probably going to die. Like, I, however, I mean, it's, you know, we got, we got the teenagers in the house and we love them and we thank you teenagers for your wisdom and brilliance. We will someday catch up to you and be as smart as you. Amen. Cause you're smarter than us right now. But sadly, uh, I mean, I, I was, I was a stinking genius, man. I was, I was Einstein until I moved out of the house and got married. And then I realized, man, I'm a moron. Like, I don't know anything. I'd probably die because I, you know, I moved straight out, you know, mom and dad's house. We got married and then I moved in and had a wife and she kept me alive. But I'm like, my gosh, I'm a real idiot. And, 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 and a lot of times, you know, you have that moment where like, wow, this is real. Like if I don't pay these bills, it's going to get shut off if I don't feed myself. And a lot of times I need people to wake up spiritually and say, wait a minute, this, there really is an enemy. This really is real. And I can't just have pastor pray me through every battle. I can't just have mama. I can't call grandma and have her do my fighting for me. Are you going to have grandma show up to school and, and beat up the bully that's taking your lunch money? How embarrassing is that? Wait till my grandma gets here. She'll show you. I mean, at that point, you're a punk and you're probably going to you're going to get what's coming to you. And praise God for godly grandmas and everything. But I'm telling you, and and let grandma pray. Thank thank the Lord for praying grandmas. But you eventually need to get up to a place where you can open the Bible for yourself. Read some scriptures. You can actually get on your knees and pray. You can actually do some spiritual combat on your own. Because you're going to have to get there, man. You can't let everybody else handle all of it for you. You've got to learn this. And so wake up, stay woke, be alert, be vigilant. There is an enemy, the devil, and he is coming at us. And I'm not afraid of it for one second. And neither should you be because we've got the word of God. But you have got to know how to use the weapon. Amen. I think we deserve a better amen than that this morning. I said... Up and you need to realize that this is a winnable battle. You've got this. You just got to do it God's way. Amen. And so number two, what are we talking about? Stay woke. Number one in battle. Number two in prayer. Stay woke in prayer. Now, again, we've been talking about prayer all year. Should I go through my normal spiel or? All right, let's do it. All right. So uh, who thinks prayer is important? Amen. Amen. Amen, brother. Now, how many of us are dedicated to actually praying every day outside of food or the things that you actually, you know, your new Xbox or whatever it is you want? Okay. So here's the truth of the matter is every Christian everywhere will say prayer is fundamental. It is key. It's the, it's a foundation for Christianity. It is part of my faith. I mean, no Christian ever is going to say that it's not important. But why is it that none of them will show up to prayer meeting? If it's so important, I'll bet we'll easily get 100 people to go eat chicken in a few minutes. (laughs) Wouldn't it be fantastic if we could get that many people to come to a prayer meeting? Oh, it's important, man. It is key. It is fundamental. Part of your problem is you are not, you're not staying awake for prayer, man. You're not staying woke for prayer. You're saying amen when I say is it important. You're saying, oh, I believe it's, I mean, it is huge. But why do we not take it that seriously? And I admit, man, if you're ever having trouble going to sleep at night, just try to start praying. You'll fall asleep fast. For reals. I used to, when I lived in Indiana, I had about a 40-minute drive to FedEx every day where I worked. And I mean, I would start out the day like, I'm going to pray the fire from heaven down today. The Holy Spirit is just going to, oh, going to grab this truck. I mean, I'm going I'm to pray heaven down to earth right now. Five minutes in, I'm like, oh, like running off the road sleeping. Why is that? I mean, it shouldn't be that way. But I'm telling you, uh, there's just something about it. When you when you dedicate yourself like, man, I'm going to be a man of prayer. The devil's like, yeah, right. You won't stick through it. You'll be asleep within five minutes. And so many people, they're like, I can't. I don't know, man. I I know it's important, but 
listen, you have got to realize how important it is for you to be a person of prayer. And yes, it's a whole lot easier to go watch the basketball game. I mean, I never fall asleep during basketball games. There's, there's no resistance. The devil doesn't care if I watch the basketball game. I mean, I'll stay awake through five of them. He doesn't care. He doesn't care if, you know, you go to the movies and stay. I mean, it doesn't happen. But why is it the second that you go to prayer, the second you open your Bible, you're battling staying awake and you are more tired than you have ever been in your life? Why is that? Because the devil does not want you to pray. He does not want you to read the Bible. He does not want you to do the things that you're supposed to do as a Christian. And and every single thing will come at you. I mean, you open your Bible and all of a sudden somebody that hasn't called in a year is like, hey, what are you doing? What? Why did you pick now? Where did that come from? I mean, all how is it that this can happen? Because I'm telling you. There's distractions. There is resistance to get you to be a person of prayer. And you've got to realize this. And so, yes, we all say prayer is important, but I'm telling you, we need to act like it. We need to start really being people of prayer, not just people that say prayer is important. We're in Ephesians 6. Let's look at verse 18. Ephesians 6, verse 18. Because this tells us how to pray. It says, pray in the Spirit at all times and on every occasion. Stay alert and be persistent in your prayers for all believers everywhere. And so I really believe this, that a lot of our troubles could be prevented if we were in regular communication with God. Because a big part of prayer is not only you talking to God, but I don't know about you, he, he, God speaks to me when I pray. He tells me stuff. And uh, do I hear audible voices? Well, no, but God speaks to my heart and I know that he's speaking to me. Now, listen, a lot of times, if you would be a person of prayer, if you would be somebody that regularly communicated with God, he'd be able to tell you all kinds of stuff before it ever even happened. He'd be able to help you avoid things. He'd be able to help you make better decisions if you would just talk to him. But a lot of times, we don't talk to him unless we're praying for our food or praying for something that we really, really want. God, I need a new car so bad. Get me a car, please. God, you've seen the new Xbox. Everybody else has it. I need it. Lord, I'm not being selfish, but get me that by Friday in Jesus' name. Amen. And we, you know, people pray stuff like that. Or, and, and I'm just, I'm just saying, if that's what your prayer life consists of, and you're sitting here scratching your head why you get your behind kicked by the devil every week, that's part of it right there. Yeah, I mean, you were just, you're not staying woke in prayer. You, you're, you're not. There's more to it than that. And so this verse, Ephesians 6, 18, it has a lot of wisdom. It has a lot of points packed into one little verse. So let's look at the ways it tells us the ways and the times to pray. It tells us to pray in the Spirit. Do I have anybody here that is filled with the Holy Spirit and you pray in the Spirit, man? I do that every single day. It tells us to pray at all times. All times. Well, I don't know if this is a good time to pray. What time is it? It's it's all times. Pray now. Do it. This is a good time to pray. On every occasion. Every occasion. And then it tells us to stay alert. There's that word again. We've seen this already and we're going to see it again today. Stay alert and be persistent. Look at all these things that are packed into this verse right here. In the spirit at all times, every occasion, stay alert, be persistent. That's a lot of admonition on how we are supposed to pray. Now, I got to say this. This this letter is written to the church at Ephesus, the Ephesian church. And this was actually one of the churches, probably his most mature church. If you read the letter to Ephesians right here, he says a lot of deep things. There's a lot of really heavy stuff in the book of Ephesians. You read the the letters to the Corinthians, they weren't mature. They were so carnal. They were so messed up. I mean, uh, what I'm saying is they were so immature, they fought for who got to eat the most bread at communion time. They were like, oh, don't don't worry about lunch this communion Sunday. We're just going to eat there. Like... And so people were getting in fights over communion. What I'm trying to say is that's an immature bunch of people. The Ephesian church, they were not immature. But why is it that Paul had to say, 
wake up, pray, stay alert. If he had to say that to a group of really mature Christians, do you think that maybe that would be a good warning to you? Maybe that would be a good wake-up call to you? If he had to tell the Ephesian church, stay awake, pray, be alert. At all times, on every occasion, pray, 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 pray in the Spirit. If he had to tell them that, I'm telling you, I need to be reminded of that right now. And I, I, I would step out on a limb and say that some of you in this room, you could be reminded that now is a good time to pray. Well, when's a good time? Every time, every occasion, all times, stay alert, be a person of prayer. Why did Paul tell this to them? Because consistent prayer seems to be a hard thing, even for mature Christians. Even the most mature Christians I know, prayer seems to be something that they don't stay as alert and awake in as they need to. And so I know if the most mature people that I that I come across that need to do a better job of it, I'm sure that all of us could use this admonition to stay alert, to stay awake, and to actually be a person of prayer. Let me show you something here in Matthew chapter 26. Let's flip over there. Are we getting anything today? Matthew 26. And so this is Jesus, of course, the night that he was betrayed. He's in the garden praying. Now, would you say that his, the 12 disciples, I mean, you know, they had their faults, but I would say they were a, a pretty uh, strong, mature group of believers, at least. I mean, they've been with Jesus all these years. They've, they've seen him do the miracles, and, 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 and they've done miracles, and they've God has used them in great ways. I mean... We're talking about a pretty mature group of believers here. Yes, they had their faults, but the disciples, if anybody, they should have been uh, able to, to take prayer seriously. Now, I know a lot of people that they'll look at some of the stories from the Bible and say, well, yeah, that must have been easy. Jesus was right there. I could have done that if Jesus was literally standing right there. Or man, wouldn't it have been great to have prayer time? If Jesus was actually there praying with me, wouldn't it be great to step out and do these things that the Bible tells me to do if Jesus was physically in the room? Well, let me show you how the mature disciples handled prayer when Jesus was literally right there. Matthew 26, verse 39, it says, He went on a little farther and bowed with his face to the ground, praying, My Father, if it is possible... Let this cup of suffering be taken away from me, yet I want your will to be done, not mine. So Jesus is in a moment of heartfelt prayer to God. Then he returned to the disciples and found them asleep. They're in the garden. They're just, they're just, I mean, behind him a little ways. He tells them to pray. I'm going to go over here and pray. You guys stay back here and pray. He goes and prays and he comes back and they're all sleeping. I'm telling you, it's hard to stay awake in prayer sometimes. You think I'm messing that up? We got the 12 disciples right here. Jesus is literally, physically, right there at one of the most important moments in the history of the world. He says, you guys pray. I'm going to go over here. He does his prayer. He comes back and they're all passed out asleep. They didn't hear this sermon. They didn't know how to stay woke in prayer. They didn't know. They didn't know. And so they're all sleeping. He said to Peter, couldn't you watch with me even one hour? Keep watch and pray so that you will not give in a temptation. For the spirit is willing, but the body is weak. And therein lies the problem with so many things. Your spirit wants to do the things of God every day, right? If you're born again. It, it wants to pray. It wants to get in the Word. It wants to go out and witness. It wants to do the things of God. If you really are a Christian, your spirit is more than willing to do godly things, but your body doesn't want to. The flesh is weak. Your body doesn't want to wake up extra early to spend time with God, but you're going to have to make it. If you want to do this, your body, it, it doesn't want to go out and, 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 and pray for people. It wants to stay home and watch football. Your body doesn't want to fast and do without some food sometimes so you can have time for prayer. It wants to go to the buffet. It wants to go to the Indian buffet that me and Josh went to this week 
And we got our money's worth. I'll tell you that right now. We got our money's worth. But anyway, it wants to do stuff like that because the flesh is weak. But the spirit is absolutely willing. So verse 42, then Jesus left them a second time and prayed, my father, if this cup cannot be taken away unless I drink it, your will be done. When he returned to them again, he found them sleeping. Strike two. Second time. He goes back and they're sleeping again. And this is after Jesus Christ himself just got on to them and said, you couldn't even stay awake for an hour, Peter? You think that would be enough to like scare you? Oh man, I made Jesus mad. I'm gonna, I, but whatever I gotta do, I gotta stay awake. I, alright, stay awake, stay awake, stay awake. What, I, I would think if I just made Jesus upset at me, that would be enough for me to at least like, do something to stay awake. But no, nope. Not when it comes to prayer time. These guys fell asleep for the second time. He found them asleep for they couldn't keep their eyes open. So he went to pray a third time, saying the same things all over again. Then he came to the disciples and said, go ahead and sleep. Have your rest. But look, the time has come. The Son of Man is betrayed into the hands of sinners. Let's be going. Look, my betrayer is here. Because at that moment, before they had the chance to do it all over again, because Jesus finally gave up on him. Isn't that sad that Jesus gave up on him? I mean, you know what I mean. You know what? Jesus doesn't give up on anybody. But like, obviously, they're not going to stay awake. So just go ahead, have your rest, sleep, do what you're going to do. I got to be in prayer. But at that moment is when Judas approached with a mob of soldiers lit with torches, getting ready to lead Jesus to death. And, and I mean, it's all prophesied. It was all supposed to happen. But man, how guilty would you feel as one of the disciples right there with like, man, the last thing he told me to do was just stay awake and I couldn't do it. And then these guys came and took him. Wouldn't you feel a little bit of guilt at that point? Wouldn't you feel a little bit of remorse if all that Jesus said was, I'm not asking you to do anything, but just stay awake for one hour and pray just one hour and you couldn't even do it. Why is this? Because the spirit is willing, but the flesh is weak. I don't care who you are. The flesh is not going to be as strong as your born again spirit is. And so there is going to be resistance when you decide to be a person of prayer. But that doesn't mean you just quit. Are you a quitter? Are you going to quit? I'm saying it can be difficult sometimes to the things of God, but that doesn't mean you quit because it was really hard to go die on a cross for billions of people when most of them wouldn't even acknowledge you were real, but he did it anyway. Jesus did not quit on you. Don't quit on him. Even if it's hard, it was probably hard to go to the cross. I don't think it was easy. It was probably hard for Paul and, and, and Peter and James and John and a lot of the disciples to do the things that they did but they didn't stop just because it wasn't easy. You've got to realize that we have had a false notion presented to us at times that, oh, the Christian life, it's easy. It's not always easy. Jesus said, take up your cross and follow me. He said, the road that I'm calling you on, it's the narrow road. The gateway to hell is wide. It's easy to go to hell. You don't have to do much to go to hell. I mean, you're already going there if you don't receive Jesus. But a lot of people think, well, it's because it is easy to receive Jesus. He makes it a free gift. It's not hard to believe and receive Jesus into your heart. But to walk the Christian walk is not always easy because he will call you out of the boat at some point to walk on the water. He will call you out of your comfort zone. He will call you to places and to things that you are not comfortable doing. And if you're a sissy, if you're someone that just quits every time it gets hard, because listen, we've got a society now, and if it's hard, we just quit. I'm going to do that. Are you kidding me? I'll just go over here. I'll switch jobs where they don't tell me to, to sweep the floor. I'll just go over here and, and I'll stay with this relationship. I'll go someplace where they do that. I'll, I'll join, I'll hook up with somebody else that, that I like even better. That's, listen to me. Don't be a quitter. We've got a, we've got a society. We've got a generation of people that they're just looking for a reason to quit. Don't do that. Don't be a quitter. 
wake up, stay woke, be ready because the battle is real. And if you quit that job, the devil's going to show up at the next one. If you quit on that wife, the devil's going to show up with the next one. You, you quit on this church, the devil's going to show up at the next one. And, and I, I've noticed that some people, everywhere they go, they face the exact same battles. Well, I know the problem is it's Barstow. I'll tell you, I'll, I'll move, I'll move, I'll move over to, to Texas. They don't have those problems over there. The devil's going to be waiting on you. Come on, guys, here they come. They're moving in right now. He's going to call in all the, all his little demons and they will be waiting on you when you get there because Barstow is not your problem. Thank you, dad. I appreciate that. I'm telling you, listen to me. So many people, they, they don't know who the problem is. And I found out that a hundred percent of the time the problem is either the devil or it's me. Sometimes I'm the problem. And I, you know, and I think, well, if I could just get out of here, then, uh, you know, people aren't like that over there. They're just the same over there as they are here. Yep. Uh, yep. They may have more money over there, but they're still just the same. They may have less money over there, but they're still just the same. People are people everywhere, and you are going to be you everywhere that you take you. The problem with moving to get away from your troubles, I've said this, is that you're taking you with you. If you could leave you here and then you, you, you could move, that'd be fine. But you're going to go and you're going to screw it up there, too, because you're running from things. You're a quitter. Quitters don't ever win anything. They never get the victory. You have got to eventually stand up and face the issues and do it in the name of Jesus and you'll win. But if you're asleep all the time, it's not going to happen. All right. Well, let's move on to point number three, because the first two obviously went over very well. Number three is this. You need to stay woke in the final days. Who believes it's the end times? Everyone says yes. But seriously, this is the end times. We're not playing around when we say this. And I want you to look over at Mark chapter 13, because if there is ever a time in the history of the world that Christians, that people need to stay woke, need to stay alert, need to be prepared. It is right now. Right now is the day to be prepared. So Mark chapter 13, and we're going to look here at verse 33. Mark 13, 33. And this is Jesus giving us some instructions uh, on, on how to handle the end times. Mark chapter 13, verse 33, it says, and since you don't know when that time will come, be on guard. Here's that phrase once again, stay alert. Does anybody in here know the day that the Lord is coming back? If you do, please tell me right now. I I want to be ready. Okay. We know the season, but nobody knows the exact day or the hour, not even Jesus himself. It says the Father knows that, but not even the Son. Why is it? Well, Jesus reveals everything to us. I think Jesus would just tell us if he knew. But anyway, joke. But what I'm saying is this, is that nobody knows the day or the hour. And Jesus said, since you don't know when that time will be, just be on guard. Stay alert. Be ready 24-7 because the day is going to come. Now, I know a lot of people think things like... It's not the end time. People have been saying this my whole life. People, ever since I was a kid, people have been saying, Jesus is coming back soon. I've heard that my whole life. I've always heard that Jesus is coming back soon and that it's the end times. Well, guess what? It is. It really is. Why? Because, well, Second Peter 3.8 tells us that a thousand years like one day to the Lord. And so if if Jesus, if God said, I'm coming back soon, well, it's only been 2,000 years since he died and rose again. So what's it been in heaven? Like two days? Yeah, it's, it's, it's the last days. It is the final days before Jesus comes back. But way too many people, way too many Christians don't really take it seriously. They, I mean, they'll say amen to this all day long, but they don't take it seriously. I am telling you the truth that Jesus really is coming back soon. And, you know, we've been seeing signs our entire life, but things are speeding up. 
things are speeding up. Now, this isn't my great big end time sermon, but I can tell you things are happening right now, today, this week, that the Bible prophesied was going to happen before Jesus came back. There's so many things that have happened just within the last generation that had to happen before Jesus could come back. It's absolutely incredible. Just, I mean, you know, I wasn't planning on going to all this, but just think about it, man. Israel becomes a nation again in 1948. That's just 70 years ago. Where Israel, for a couple thousand years, the people of Israel, Jewish people, were not even an actual nation. Not until 1948 did they take back over and become a nation again. That's not that long ago. We have people in here that that was after they were born. And, I, and I'm being serious. And, and, and think about it. They had to capture Jerusalem again. That didn't happen, I think, until 66 or 67 that the Jews captured Jerusalem again. This is stuff that's happening. And then just this very year, Jerusalem finally being recognized as the capital of Israel again. And you're going to sit here and say, oh, they've been saying that forever. You, I mean, if you had any Bible knowledge of any sort, you would realize how big of a deal this is that we've just moved our embassy and officially recognized Jerusalem as the capital. And a lot of you, that's flying over your head like big whoop. But listen to me. That is the biggest thing that's ever happened in our lifetime. And it just happened like a month ago. Well, two weeks ago, the biggest part of Bible prophecy that could have possibly been fulfilled in our lifetime to this point just happened two weeks ago. And you're going to sit here and play games. You're going to sit here and not take God seriously. You're going to sit here and say, they've been saying that my whole life, but I haven't seen it yet. It's happening now. You've got to wake up. You've got to realize what hour you live in and realize that things are serious. Jesus really, truly, genuinely is coming back soon. And all of the major things that have had to fall into place, they're starting to fall into place right now. And it's, I mean, I'm, again, I'm not preaching on the end times right now, but I have studied some of it. And I'm telling you, if you've seen anything in the Bible about this, you realize what's going on right now. It's not, it's, 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 it's the only reason it's believable is because the Bible said it would happen. Amen. I could go into all this, but anyway, let's look at verses 36 and 37. Verses 36 and 37. Jesus says this, don't let him find you sleeping when he arrives without warning. I say to you what I say to everyone, watch for him. Don't let him find you sleeping. Does that mean physically in bed with your eyes closed? That means spiritually. Because how many people, Jesus is going to come back, you're going to hear that trumpet, the sky's going to split, Jesus is going to come down, and you're spiritually asleep somewhere. Huh? Oh, 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 it's happening. Okay, let me go find my Bible. Where did I put that? Or uh, or, uh, let me pray. Uh, How do you pray again? I don't remember. How many people are going to be spiritually asleep when Jesus comes back, I, I don't know. But I want to say this. I don't want to be asleep when he comes back. I want, I want to be alert, awake, spiritually speaking, and absolutely know, oh, here it is. Here it is. Here it is. This is that moment. This is it. But so many people, they're like, huh? What? You ever tried to wake somebody up with something really important going on? Wake up. You're missing it. And, they, and they're, they're drooling. Like, huh? Okay. Yeah. Then they doze back off. That's me at a movie theater. I can't stay awake at a movie theater. I don't care what movie it is. I will sleep 100% of the time. But anyway, so that's me at the movies. But how many people is it? How many people, you know, you're, you're almost shaking them like, look, it's happening. It's happening right now. And they just, uh, uh, what? Yeah, I know. The Bible said it would happen. And they fall right back asleep. Why is that? We have got to wake up, and I can say this right now, that if there was ever a time to be awake spiritually, it's 2018. Right now is the time that we need to be more alert, more awake than we have ever been before. This is the time. This is the hour. And I'm saying today, wake up. Wake up! We've got people that are not only asleep in this service right now, I see you, I'm not going to point you out, but also we've got people that are asleep spiritually speaking. This is not the time for that. And so I want to look at one last thing here, Luke chapter 21. 
Luke chapter 21. Who's awake? I don't, I'm not buying it. Who is awake? <laughs> All right. Fine. Luke 21. We're going to look at the last things here from Jesus. Luke 21. But this is the time, man. And I'm excited. We're getting ready to baptize all these people up here. And and listen, if I hear you cheer for your football team louder than you hear for somebody getting baptized, I'm coming out of the tank and you're getting a choke slam. There's no way around it. You need to be more excited about people getting baptized than you are about the NBA finals. Uh, obviously you are because the enthusiasm is through the, off the charts right now. But what I'm saying is this. As we're getting ready to baptize 15 people that are saying, I'm going to heaven, I'm a new person, that's exciting stuff, man. They've passed from death unto life. They're going to heaven. This is a big day. This is huge. Amen. Luke 21, verse 25, it says, And there will be strange signs in the sun, moon, and stars, and here on earth the nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. Does, I mean, come on. Come on. Does that sound even a little bit familiar? Any of that? Do you have a television? Do you have a smartphone? Do you ever watch the news? Yes. That, I, was, I just saw my news app this morning that Florida, that everybody take cover. It's coming. There's a big, big storm coming right now in the month of May. When does that happen? It makes no sense. Why is stuff happening like that? Listen to me. Jesus said this is going to happen. There's going to be signs. The sun, the moon, and stars. The nations will be in turmoil, perplexed by the roaring seas and strange tides. People will be terrified at what they see coming upon the earth, for the powers in the heavens will be shaken. There's people terrified right now about what they see coming on the earth. Then everyone, everyone will see the Son of Man coming on a cloud with power and great glory. So when all these things begin to happen, stand and look up, for your salvation is near. I'm saying right now, today is that day for us to stand up, to look up. Our salvation is drawing near. The day is almost here. Why in the world would you be sleeping? Why in the world, if you ever in your life picked a time to take a God break, why would it be 2018? Don't do it now. It should have been 17, but not 18. I'm telling you, it shouldn't have been any time. But I'm saying right now, wake up. Be prepared. Don't say, oh, we've been hitting it pretty hard. We could probably slow down on some of that church. Man, I've been reading. I've read like a chapter every day for a month. I could probably just... You know, hey, just back off a little bit. Don't do it. That is a trap from the devil for him to come in and steal your lunch and come in and absolutely mow you over. Don't do it. I don't care if that if that thought even comes to you. I've been doing too much church. I've been doing too much Bible. I've been doing too much. If that thought even I would say double up, man, double up. I love Donnie. He's hilarious. But he told me one time, the devil is like, man, you're giving too much to the church. He said, shut up, or I'm going to double it. All right, it just doubled. And he doubled what he was given. And he said, the thought came to him again. And he said, shut up, or I'm going to triple it. Watch me. You say I won't. Say I won't. I will triple up what I'm giving, fool. Watch out. Don't say that I won't. And I'm telling you, that's the attitude we need to have when somebody says, you're taking this too seriously. Oh, it's too serious? I'm going to read twice as much now. I'm going to pray twice. Oh, you think, you think my faith is offending you? Watch out, because it's getting ready to get really offensive right about now. I'm, you know, I'm just in context, take it in context. But what I'm saying is, I don't care in 2018 who my praying in public offends. I'm going to do it anyway. I don't care that, well, you can just pray, but don't use the name of Jesus. Guess what? I'm getting ready to say it a whole lot more than you've ever heard. Say I won't. I'll do it. Dare me. Watch me. I don't care what the deal is. I'm awake. I'm alert. And I'm, it's the end times, man. This isn't, this isn't 1818. This isn't 1918. This isn't 1988. This is 2018. Be ready. Be alert. Wake up and fight the good fight of faith. Don't take a break right now. If ever before, what I'm trying to tell you is, 
Fight the fight, man. Stand up. Wake up. And if you can say in your heart, well, I haven't been doing enough, then do enough, man. Get up, wake up, and start really giving your life to God. And part of the problem is this. A lot of us have made Jesus our Savior, but we've never made Him Lord. There's a lot of people here today. Jesus is their Savior. They're going to heaven someday, but He's not their Lord on this earth. You're your own Lord. What? That sounds blasphemous. You're your own Lord. Admit it. Quit lying. Quit trying to... You're your own You call all the shots in your life. You do whatever makes you feel good. You, you read the Bible when you feel like it. You're your own Lord. Yeah. All right, I was going to close, but I think I'm going to do this for a minute. This is more fun. <laughs> all right. So, I mean, think about it. So many people, you know, we use the phrase, He's my Lord and Savior. Yes, Jesus might be your Savior, but for a lot of people, it takes a long time, and some people never, ever do make him the true Lord of their life. They want to, I mean, the, the, he, they, they go to their friends for advice before they go to God. What do you think I should do in this situation? Have you asked God yet? No, I'm asking you. Why are you asking me for? You know, well, my kids are acting crazy. I, I, listen, have you gone to God about it yet? Or are you going to some counselor that's not even a Christian? Better yet, go to social media. Take it to the internet. There's geniuses on there. Those people are brilliant, I found out. They're great at raising kids. They're great at fixing marriages. They're the best. Tell all them your trouble. Seriously? You're going to go to those guys before you go to Jesus and then say, you're my Lord. No, he's not. Don't say that. Quit lying. But if you can get to that place, you can say, you know what? And there are people here today that absolutely Jesus is your Lord and he's your Savior because you do what he says to do. You let him call the shots. You follow what he's saying. Listen, that's what we're going for. And so Jesus said, when you start to see all these things happen, when you start to see this happen, stand, look up. Your salvation is near. And so what we're breaking it all down to today is this. Wake up. In battle, in prayer, and of course, in these last days, don't take a break right now. Don't slow down. Don't cool off from God. Get back in the fight. And if you could say, well, I have already, then just get back in, man. We need you. We need you. Not as a church, but as Christians. We need you to fight this fight with us and get and, and, and reach as many people as we can and get Jesus down here. Because I don't know about you, I'm ready for heaven. I would be totally fine. I'd be totally fine to not be here in 2019. I'd be totally great because it said everybody's got to at least uh, hear the gospel, right? And so I'm saying I'd be totally fine if we just get the job done in 2018. And 2019, I'm in heaven, man. I would be fantastic with that. I'm ready for it. And I know you are too. So let's stand up together today. And the encouragement is this. Stay woke. Wake up. Be alert. Good fight of faith and watch what God's going to do in your life. Amen. Let's give the Lord a big hand of praise this morning. Thank you for listening to this podcast. For more information, visit hdwc.org.